This is the Shea Spark Show, where business and military leaders share what it means to invest in leadership, relationships, and self-love. And stay tuned for the end of the interview. There is a new coaching segment that you won't want to miss. You ever feel like you're stuck and you just don't know what to do about it? You don't know how to move forward. Maybe you're even just going through the motions of re-traumatizing yourself over and over and over again with all the self-help books that you're reading and all the work you're trying to do. Well, do I have an amazing guest for you today. Welcome back to the Shea Spark Show, where we talk to business and military leaders on what it means to invest in leadership, relationships, and self-love. I am your host, Shay Sparks, the Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we spark leaders to find, use, and share their voice through coaching podcasts and publications so that they're fired up about their life and business. And talking about fired up, man, our guest today is the amazing Sarah Adani. Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. And I just want to give a, a shout out to Lane Knighting, who introduced us way back in January, which seems like a lifetime ago. And yet in other respects, it seems like it just happened. So I'm so glad that we finally took the time for you to be on the show. Me too. I cannot believe it's been almost a year. I know. I know. It's crazy how fast it flies. And then you're like, wait, that just happened. It's Time is such a weird dichotomy right now. It really is. Yeah, definitely. So for those of you who don't know, Sarah Adani is a mindset coach who works with high profile clients to realize their full potential and materialize their vision. She brings authenticity, positivity, lightness, and fun to coaching. She is also, her coach is Something that she says is that she does. She works with clients that don't need a coach. They want a coach. And like all athletes, they want a coach. So she is there to coach you through the roots of their lives, walks beside them, and is straight with them. She's a straight shooter kind of person. So I know that you're going to love this interview. And also, she has upcoming The Sarah Show. So you'll have to stay tuned for more details on that and how to listen and check that out. Well, Sarah, again, I'm just so grateful that you took time out of your busy schedule to be here today. So I'm just going to dive right in and ask, what does investing in self-love mean to you? Well, again, thanks so much for having me here. I'm super excited to be in this conversation with you. I remember the first time we spoke, it was kind of like the same thing where time flew by and we exchanged on so much. And it was such a a deep and profound yet light conversation that we had. So, you know, when you, you emailed me about this, I was like, yes, I've been waiting to talk to you again. And uh, here we are. So thanks again. When I tune in and I listen to that question from my being what comes up for me is surrender and acceptance self-love for me is giving up the stories and giving up the knowing or thinking giving up thinking that i might know better than the power that's created me and that's inside of me I feel like when I'm in tune with that and I'm, when I'm aligned with that power, I can relax. 
I can be at ease. I can have fun because I'm just, I'm following that nudge. I'm following the wisdom. I'm following, you know, God, I'm following the universe. I'm following something inside of me that knows so much more than the knowledge that I accumulated in my head throughout my life. And for me, that's self-love. And I call it self-love because personally, and I know for a lot of people as well, it's taken me a lot to actually surrender that chatter or that thinking or that ego that I know better, or I got to figure it out, or I got to do it on my own, or, you know, kind of like a, a one woman show mm. and let, let all of that go and trust in that, that love of God that only wants what's good for me. So for me, that's what self-love is. And I mentioned acceptance as well, because acceptance is accepting that whoever's created me and whoever's inside of me doing nudging me only wants what's good for me and has also given me the capacity to deal with whatever shows up in my life, the negative and the positive. Um, so no, no longer trying to avoid or prevent something negative, but more of like trusting that if something negative shows up, I got what it takes to handle it and to maneuver through it or to sit through that storm. And I know that it's not against me, right? Whatever is happening is not against me. It's not a personal attack. It's just what life is. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's hard. And sometimes it's positive. Sometimes it's negative. Sometimes it's exciting. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. But they're all part of the same coin. So that acceptance of Sometimes it's this, sometimes it's that. For me, that's self-love because I can relax into that. Beautiful, beautiful answer. The acceptance and the surrender part, the two together. You know, it's something we don't often think about having the two together. We might think of having the acceptance or the surrender, but the fact that you put it together brings me up to just thinking about what you said as like the four agreements, right? It is mm -hmm. just allowing that, that not to take things personally and to not allow the, just to, to do our best. So, and be impeccable with our word. So I love that surrender piece. I think oftentimes we think, like you mentioned, that we got to do the thing to get the thing. And off, maybe that's on our plan, right? Maybe we're trying to do someone else's goal, make someone else's happy, rather than a higher power of God, universe, whatever you want to believe in. I believe in God too, where that is the direction of, of where we need to go. Was there a time in your life before you came to this great awareness of surrender that you had a lot of control? I know I'm guilty of that. So surrender is kind of like one of those words that's like, oh yeah, I know I need to do that. So did you have something like you were trying to control before to really come to the, the awareness of needing to surrender? Everything. I was trying to control everything, you know, yeah. including my emotions or not feeling okay with the ones I didn't like or wasn't comfortable with, you know, controlling how people might react to me, controlling everything basically in my life from a place of feeling like I need to defend myself mm. or the world is against me or people don't want what's good for me. I, I got to do it. I got to do it. So a lot of 
a lot of control, which quite frankly, it didn't work. It didn't give me the results that I was looking for. And even when it did, it might look on the outside like I got what I wanted. Mm-hmm. But inside of me, it didn't feel like I was at ease or relaxed or at peace. Yeah. So it's then I would think, okay, well, what's the next thing I need to control? Always chasing that peace or ease and thinking that control is what's going to give it to me. So mm-hmm. I had it backwards, yeah. you see, but it was coming from a place of fear. Yeah. And, and, and some traumas and some limiting beliefs and all of that. It came from the relationship I had with God, you know, which wasn't a very healthy one. I didn't believe God had my back. Mm. I didn't believe I could trust him. I, I couldn't believe that I could just surrender and let go and follow his nudge and I would be okay. I didn't believe that. So I had to work on that relationship. You know, one day I woke up and I was like, why wouldn't God want what's good for me? And yeah. all of a sudden it didn't make sense to me anymore to believe the opposite. Like, why would God, I'm part of God, why would God create me and then do this? It doesn't make any sense, you know? Mm-hmm. And who am I fighting, you know? And there's nothing to fight and there's no war, and there, you know? So it dawned on me that morning that it, it, that's not the relationship I want to have with God mm-hmm. because it just didn't make sense anymore. So I let it go. Immediately I let it go. And finally I felt at ease and finally I felt at peace and I felt this tremendous joy um, in doing so and my life completely changed since that day but you see I wasn't even trying to have a breakthrough or get somewhere or understand anything it just dawned on me so just the fact that even that just dawned on me I wasn't trying I wasn't going to my head looking at my thoughts or anything like that. I wasn't doing anything specific. I just woke up and re- had that realization. I wasn't even, I wasn't controlling anything. Well, I love that you mentioned God because I think that's really where it, it kind of it all began, right? So when you're surrendering or when we are surrendering, I should say, that's really what it's to. It's not that we're giving up and we're staying stuck in the muck and the yuck that we've been through, right? No, that's not it at all. That's not what Sarah's talking about. She's talking about surrendering to the process of what if what if God had my back? I love that. Because when we look at from that lens of freedom rather than the fear lens of, oh my God, why is everything happening to me? Then things start to shift and they go, oh, well, why is this happening for me? Mm-hmm. And and to help propel me forward. So I mm-hmm. love that you really took on that mindset, which is, you know, I one of the reasons I'm I'm curious to know, is there something that really inspired you to become a mindset coach? Yeah. So I, I used to be in market research. I did that for 10, 10 years. And I have I'm a very curious person by nature. And doing market research, you know, for people who don't know, it's trying to understand why people buy what they buy. Mm-hmm. So why people buy an HP versus an Apple computer, why people go to Burger King versus McDonald's, why people spend this price versus that price, you know, why do people go to Target versus Walmart? What are they buying at Target? What are they buying at Walmart? 
So all those questions, so it includes a lot of psychology, a lot of traveling, a lot of focus groups, a lot of surveys, a lot of data analysis, just creating that consumer journey and understanding why we buy X versus Z. And it was fascinating to me because it's never what you think it is. Right. You know, that decision-making process, it can be impulsive. Sometimes you think about it a lot. It depends on the ticket item. So it was just really fascinating for me. After 10 years, I got sick. I had bronchitis and then I had issues in my vocal cords and I couldn't speak for about a year. So during that period, I left the market research world. I couldn't work because I couldn't speak. Mm -hmm. And I was client facing. I had to have surgery. I had to go through therapy. And then during that period, I decided to go to Asia and meditate with monks. I just, one of those moments that also just dawned on me, I was getting really depressed and sad and it was the first time I stopped in my life because I have, you know, you go to school, you graduate, you get a high school degree, and then you get a college degree, and then you start working right away. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like everything is aligned for you. For me, I was 32 at the time. It was the first time I actually stopped mm-hmm. and looked at, looked at my life. Or like, who am I? What's going on? What am I doing? I was no longer following a script. I started meditating a lot and I realized that monks don't speak either. And why not go hang out with them? Yeah. So I went to social still without being social. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I went to Asia and did uh, temple hopping, going from temple to temple, hanging out with monks and just really going into deep meditations, doing a lot of yoga and doing a lot of journaling. I couldn't speak. Mm-hmm. And just really examining a lot of parts of my life. Mm-hmm. After that, I went back to LA. That's where I lived at the time. And though I got a job right away, my, I got my voice back. I just couldn't go back to doing what I was doing mm-hmm. in the market, the corporate world. So I hired a coach. I hired a coach myself for six months to help me determine what I really want to do in my life. And what came out of it was that I want to be a coach. I want to help people and I want to really dive into professional people who are in the corporate world and who also don't have the time to really pause and uh, make mindfulness a priority or make meditation a priority or just make self-love or any sort of connection to themselves a priority, help with burnout and just help with mindset. So So that's what I did. I went to the Tony Robbins school. I did Landmark. Mm. I did, I hired other coaches. So I I continued working on myself and I started combining the, everything I'd learned from Asia, the Eastern philosophy, the meditation, the yoga, the mindfulness with the practicality of the Western world, the consistency, the commitment, the creation, the making things happen. There's time for meditation. There's time for action. So combining those two things. And so that's the space I've been in since 2016 now. Mm, I love that. I That's another thing we have in common is the Landmark Forum too. I took that when I was in my mm-hmm. 20s and it was mm-hmm. on track to be go through the leader training and decided that was the end of the road there for me and went on to other things. But I love that you went through that as well. Good for you. And talk about being fully surrendering and accepting. I mean, first of all, you had to really accept what you were gone through. 
And then to be able to go, okay, I'm going to surrender and go (laughs) to Asia and start meditating with monks. How did it feel? That's what I really want. Like, how did it feel to be social without being verbally social, but you were still able to be, you know, in a social atmosphere with them? First, it was really tough. I remember the first couple of days in Korea, I was it was really tough for me. I, I was assigned with cleaning the temple, like sweeping the floors at, at five in the morning. And like the first or second morning, I was like, what happened to my life? How did I go from being in market research, making so much money with the title that I had, the house that I had, the car that I had, the social status that I had, to now being here in Asia, cleaning a temple? What happened? Mm. You know, that was... At first, I was really shocking, and it was even harder for me because I couldn't talk about it to anyone because I couldn't talk. Right. So, but but sitting with them in meditation, that energy, that high vibration, took me to a whole different place. Mm. Um, feeling that love, they didn't need to speak to me, but being in their presence and feeling that energy, feeling that love, changed everything. For me, we didn't even if we spoke, we didn't speak the same language. I had never been to Asia prior mm. to that. Yeah, such an adventure. We, I love it. Such an adventure. I, mind you, I'm born and raised in Morocco. I mean, I, I've been living in the states for over 20 years, but here I am, born and raised in Africa, adopted by America, and now in Asia. In Asia, yeah. and I was like, <laughs> right. And so we didn't have anything in common mm. besides love and besides the one god Mm -hmm. that's true for all of us no matter what we call that god Mm -hmm. and i felt such connection to people that i didn't even speak to at all and i felt so nurtured and i felt so safe and it, it, it was it was an absolutely amazing experience in any of the countries i was in korea cambodia thailand vietnam indonesia philippines nepal all of them really helped me so much and taught me so much and took my level of surrender to a whole new level. Mm. So very grateful for that, that opportunity. Well, and accepting too. I mean, here you are, like you said, you're in the beginning, you were like, well, how did I get here? What is my life like now? Like, what is this? And to be able to find outlets to process what you're doing because a lot of times as humans we process things out loud we might talk it out with someone so because you weren't able to do that was journaling helpful for you to help process out what you were feeling and what you were thinking yeah i was definitely journaling and i was reading a lot the the book that's helped me so much with surrender is the surrender experiment by michael singer it was so impactful for me that when i i read it when i was in the himalayan mountains i don't know if you could see it But once I came down, I got a tattoo in Sanskrit that said surrender. But reading a lot, journaling a lot, my voice started to come back slowly. So I was allowed to speak maybe like five minutes a day, doctor's prescription, no more than five minutes. So I'll use those five minutes wisely, try to connect with people through just writing things, Mm. asking questions that way. But, you know, it was just a deep dive into my own being. Yeah. Hanging out with me. It was Sarah and Sarah hanging out. Yeah. Like you really got to find out like, okay, who am I? 
And am I company that I want to keep, right? Because oftentimes we think about, oh, I want to hang out with my friends, but do they want to hang out with you? Yeah, (laughs) that's so true. (laughs) And I didn't want to hang out with myself. You know, there are a lot of thoughts and feelings and beliefs I had, uh, judgments I had around me that weren't so pleasant, that if I Mm -hmm. were speaking those things out loud, you wouldn't want to hang out with me either, Right. you know? So it's interesting. Why am I saying all these things to myself? And I journaled a lot around that. A lot of things came up from, you know, early, early adulthood, childhood, teenage life, things that came up that I really never took the time to pause and process. Yeah. So I did that. I did that for six months. It was, there's a lot of processing. There's a lot of things I was seeing that I didn't want to see. And the, the, the big lesson there for me and I also had my clients with was if we were to take that moment every day to mm-hmm. pray or to meditate or to scan the body and see where the tension is and just be with it, not be in it, but be with it for a bit, then you wouldn't accumulate to the point that you have to sit in Asia for six months and look at your <laughs> judgments, right? Because you you kind of like cleansing your house mm. every day, kind of like taking the garbage every day and putting perfume on, saying good things to yourself, looking at yourself in the mirror, looking at yourself in the eyes and sharing beautiful thoughts. But it's a, if it's an everyday process that we do, it changes everything. And the focus doesn't become just on my judgments or the negatives or anything like that. The focus actually becomes on the positive because let's say you clean and then you move on into creating what's beautiful about you and you know, why not be happy? Why not be joyful? Why not create in this life? And why not focus on the good things? You know, I see it kind of like another analogy I use, like it's kind of like a garden as well, right? So you, you take some of the weeds out, but really you focus on nurturing, watering the garden, planting new seeds, new flowers, new trees. So the focus is there and obviously removing some of the weeds. Yeah. Yeah, it's really about cultivating and nurturing ourselves. Yeah, yeah. self-love. Yeah. But if you, focus on just, if you focus on just removing the weeds, then you just end up with an empty lot. So you got to plant the, the seeds of positivity, what's good about you, what's amazing about you, and visualize and think about all the amazing things that are still ahead that, that, that are coming for you, creating this beautiful garden of Eve. I love that. And what a beautiful word picture that you just painted with that as well about being the garden or it's a it's a vacant lot, right? And it depends on how we cultivate it and nurture it really is what we're doing, it, which really makes me think back to, you know, how what I asked you in the beginning is about the self-love and how it really, everything kind of comes back to that, right? Like, what is it that you're really doing to yourself? Are you helping? Are you empowering yourself or you're disempowering yourself? So I love that, you know, for you, you talk about the uh, surrender and acceptance part because it really, they go hand in hand in order to empower you. So if someone is listening to this and they're like, you know, I have a voice, but I am shooting myself in the foot. I'm literally putting myself down on the time and sound all the time. I'm kind of stuck in that negative fear mindset, what advice would you have to help them take the first step to get out of it? 
yeah, just be with that. Not be in it, but the, the surrender and the acceptance is realizing that that chatter is there. The chatter is not who you are. It's just a chatter, right? And it's been there for a while. And your brain's main function is to try and help you stay alive so you can survive. So it's a lot of times coming from a place of fear. Be mm. careful. Don't do this. Watch out. Don't trust. Don't relax. I know better. Let me think about it. Let me look at And it will come up with all the evidence as to why something is not going to work out or why you shouldn't trust someone or why you shouldn't trust yourself and so on. Realize it comes from a, an innocent place. Everything you are is just trying to help you. Your body, your brain, God, the earth, everything is really here trying to help you. Even when it doesn't look like it, even when your brain is not stopping, it thinks it's doing the right thing. It's just trying to keep you alive. So all you can do is notice it, witness it, and decide to give it up. And that just takes practice, consistent practice. It just takes time. Okay, I notice it. I see it's there. It's not good or bad. It's just not useful to me right now. Thank you. And what if I try something else? What mm -hmm. if I try, if my brain is telling me you're you're not good enough, for example. Okay, I'm just going to notice that, see it, and I'm going to choose to give it up. Mm -hmm. The power of choice is everything. So once you choose to give it up, now you're going to plant a, a rose. And you're going to say, I am magnificent. I'm glorious. I'm glamorous. I'm extraordinary. I'm amazing. I'm great. I'm generous. I'm giving. I'm loving. Whatever. So you just start planting the new flowers, the new trees, the new. And it's an everyday practice, right? It's, it doesn't it doesn't really stop, right? Mm. It's every day you got to keep on watering, nurturing, cultivating, the garden the same way the body works right like it's if you go to the gym every day you're gonna end up having a six-pack it's just what's gonna happen right if you don't then you're not going to same thing with your thoughts if you keep on watering the good seeds and the flowers and the roses and the trees they're gonna grow if you just keep on focusing on the weed and why it's not what's not good about you you're gonna have more weeds in the garden so Clean and plant. Clean and plant. I love that. Practice. Yeah. And practice. practice. Clean, plant, yeah. and practice. Yeah. I love that. And we're going to take a quick break and give a shout out to my sponsors, who are the Heroes Media Group, who produces this show. So give a shout out to Adam Bird over there and all of the team. I appreciate all the things that you do with the show. And to ULA Universe, they have an energy, chewable energy supplement called Sisu Stamina. Normally in the middle of the afternoon, I like to get a cup of coffee. And with this supplement, I don't have to. It tastes like a vitamin C chewable. And it really helps me get through the day and it has long lasting effects as well. And if you go to their website, ulauniverse.com and enter the promo code SPARKS10, you will receive 10% off your next order. And also I want to mention the Firestarters book project. We are connecting and collaborating creative thought leaders inside a book to ignite a movement 
of connection, collaboration, networking, being able to really support each other inside a book. So if you are interested in being a co-author or wanting to know more or join the movement, go to firestartersbookproject.com. Well, Sarah, you mentioned the water. Clean plants, water, repeat. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, this sounds amazing. And I, I myself know what mindfulness is. And really, it sounds like you're doing a lot of mindfulness practice. So if someone is listening or, or viewing this and they're like, well, I mean, that's great for you, Sarah, you had months off to, to do this. What, how would you, where would you tell them to really think about what mindfulness is and how to, to be with something rather than to force it? Cause I mean, I think we all kind of, when we first start in meditating, we're like, oh, why am I thinking? Why am I thinking? Why am I thinking? I'm supposed to have clear thoughts. Why am I thinking? Right. And so then we get distracted. And the next thing you know, the bell goes off and it's like, what? Well, that was 15 minutes. That was 20 minutes, whatever time frame you're putting on it, an hour. And so it's very hard to get through a meditation. It's very hard to understand mindfulness from a, a society point of view, because we do have all this chatter in our head. So is there a secret that you can share with us to be able to be calm and accepting and be okay with whatever shows up? Yeah. Look, one of the things I learned from monks when I was in Asia is they don't meditate in order to. They meditate to meditate. There is no strategy. Mm. There is no uh, um there's no in order to there's no goal. It's just I'm doing it because I'm doing it. I'm choosing it because I'm choosing it. So if someone is sitting there and meditating, and then after 10, 15 minutes, they're like, oh, I didn't get to, right? I didn't get to that peaceful place. I didn't get to quiet my mind. I didn't get to. That only creates further judgment and mm-hmm. defeats the purpose, Right. But if you sit, if you decide to sit there as a choice, simply as a choice, not as a decision, not as a, because this or that, just as a choice, out of love for myself, I'm going to sit here for 10, 15 minutes. And whatever my mind is saying is what my mind is saying. Mm. I'm not here to judge it or stop it or try it or ch- change it. I'm just here. I'm just here for me. I'm just here to be here. And let it run. Then you're doing it from you coming from a place of 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 love, with that without a without a goal to change something you don't like. Because mm. that only creates resistance. So what if you decide, oh, I just love me, so I want to hang out with me for 15 minutes today, and you just looked at it from a place of I just want to hang out with me for 15 minutes and see really see what my brain is saying and whatever it's saying, it's saying it's fine, it's cool. It's okay. It's the human nature. That's what the brain does. It thinks. It creates stuff. Okay. I'm just curious to what it, it is creating. Then it becomes, you know, you create an ease to it. It's not forceful and it's not, I have to get this thing to work. It's not results oriented. It's a, it's a surrender. I love that you said the meditation is not 
uh, a tool as an in order to get something, to get the goal, to do. It's about a state of being. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Beautiful. And, you know, afterwards it becomes like, I do what I call micro meditations, meaning like throughout the day, I would take time to just pause and witness, you know, five seconds and just take a deep inhale and an exhale through the mouth and just quickly scan my body. Is anything here? If anything is here, I'm here for it. I'm here for you, Sarah. And then notice the first thought that comes to mind. And notice the thought. And then I can decide to be with it, to give it up, to whatever I want to do. And then I create something new. So it's a, a constant mindfulness. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's just, it's all practice. It's just practice. Uh, yes, it is. I know from experience. <laughs> it's all practice. <laughs> it is all practice. And it's really not just practice in the actual mindfulness, it's practice in the accepting of it is not going to be perfect. And I think that's a lot of times where we come from too, of why well, I, I just got to get it done, number one, or it needs to be perfect. It wasn't perfect. And how can I accept that? And how can I surrender the control of having it to be quote unquote perfect? So mm. gosh, I love this conversation so much. And I know that we're running out of time, but I really want to talk about your the show that you've just started. So tell us what inspired you to do this. You know, I had a nudge to do the show. I don't know why, but it's just like something that came through me. So I said, okay. I said, okay to God. Okay, let's do this. So I'm just, I'm having conversations with people about whatever, whatever it is that's present for them in the moment and whatever it is they want to share air that can be inspiring to someone else mm -hmm. i want to do it and i'm doing it from a place of having fun not being serious around it at all not trying to have do it in a perfect way right you're talking about perfect yeah that's something that i always struggled with you know and perfection as like i say perfection it just feels tense in my body oh yeah. you know and then I, I release it. I'm like, no, no, I'm totally okay to actually not do this perfect. And then as soon as I say that, you know, the fun little Sarah comes out and she's like, yeah, we're going to have fun. It doesn't have to be perfect anymore, you know? <laughs> so, so we'll see. We'll see where this thing goes. Not doing it in order to at all. Just doing it, listening to a nudge and having fun with it. I love that. So after, so now that you're a coach and you are got the show, the Sarah show, what's next for you? You know, I don't know. My focus right now is the show. It just literally started within the last month. So that's my focus right now. Continue coaching and seeing where things go from here. I love that. Just see, surrendering. You're just surrendering to what's next. I'm surrendering to creating a beautiful, happy, joyful life mm. to finding a beautiful man that I can share my life with. There you go. So those are like things I'm putting out there and to creating a business that's, you know, continues to be at ease and, and really giving and focusing more 
I, I gotta say, like starting starting now for the next year is focusing more on planting in the garden. Uh, I myself spend a lot of time removing the weeds and you know trying to look at all my beliefs and traumas. And I'm shifting, and I've shifted into okay. Well, let's make this a beautiful life. Like let's look at what's good. Let's be happy. Let's be joyful. Let's focus on that. So even my practice and my business has shifted from a previous approach to this new approach that's bringing me so much uh, fun and joy, honestly. I love that. Well, I wish you fun and joy always. Thank you. Yeah. What do you want to be remembered for? What would be your legacy? I want I was thinking about this not too long ago. I want to be remembered as someone who brought in a lot of joy and fun to people's lives Mm -hmm. that's what i want to be remembered for and those are like my themes like even if you look at you know i write my who i am every day and as you can Mm -hmm. see here it's just i'm happy i'm happy i'm happy i'm happy you know it's my main declaration every morning that's in front of me is i'm happy i'm fun i'm free i'm playful so i want to be remembered as someone who brought a lot of playfulness a lot of fun a lot of happiness a lot of joy anywhere i went I love it. I love it. Well, you are that example right now. You're living out your legacy. So thank you for doing the work so that you can be the the fun, bring the fun and joy. So how can people connect with you? Social media, all of that. Maybe they want to send you a message and say, hey, I want to work with you. How do they connect with you? Sure. So my website is saraadnani.com. It's Sarah with two R's. You can also find me on Instagram, Sarah Nani, on Facebook, Sarah Nani. And yeah, message me, message me that way, any of the three platforms that I had mentioned. Awesome. Thank you. Well, before we go, I always like to leave with this last question of what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? The one I mentioned earlier, happy, fun, free, and playful. Mm. I love that. I love that. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your story, taking time to be with us and and finally being, it is the right time. I will stop saying finally. It is the right time for you to be on the show. So thank you for that. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. And it's always a pleasure being in conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the Shea Spark Show, but don't go away. We have a new segment coming up next. Thanks for staying tuned for this segment that I like to call Don't Be a Dick. And it is literally what it stands for, as you know by now, stands for dishonorable, inconsiderate, conniving, and know-it-all. And in today's episode with Sarah, she was talking about investing in self-love means surrender and accepting and how throughout her journey she has been surrendering and accepting and how oftentimes we don't do those things. We pretend that we know it all, that we know we are in control of the direction that we are going, that we know right the exact door that we need to open and have the exact conversation at the right time and all of that. And I'm going to hear to tell you, that there is something to be said about what Sarah said about that whole surrender to the to God, to his journey, to his direction for you. Because when you do that, 
what ends up happening is that your course takes a different direction, that there are doors that open that you would never even imagine possible, that things start to show up, that that mold you into a more refined version of yourself where there's opportunities to not just heal, but there's opportunities to really accept who you are and love who you are and really learn that about yourself. And you learn that about others, especially if you're working with a team of people and you have a a definite goal has to get done 90 days deadline. This is what you want. You know, you can make it happen. You know, your team is capable of it. And then something happens. You, a wrench gets thrown into it, so to speak. We saw that happen in the pandemic of 2020. Everybody's plans got literally derailed, came to a freaking halt. Talk about being stuck. Yeah, life happens. So sometimes being flexible, being able to surrender to letting, to having control, accepting that it is a journey and that you're okay with whatever may come your way in that journey, whatever lesson you might need to learn (laughs) about yourself, (laughs) cough, cough, and you're open to what's possible. I like to say you navigate through it with a curious exploration and you just be curious of what am I here to learn? Who am I supposed to connect with? How can I let go of this goal and really focus on what is just the next step? Forget the 90 days and the project and all of that and the deadline. What is the next step? And just ask yourself that. Ask God that. See what door opens. See when you surrender to what happens. And when you allow that to happen, I want to hear about it. So please go over to The Shea Spark Show. You can send me a message. You can leave a voicemail if you want. And if you do, I'll I'll play it on the air with your permission, of course. But we would love to hear from you and get feedback. And you can always go over and share this episode with your friends. You can go to YouTube and view it. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, give me a honest review in in your opinion, because I want you to be honorable and honest with yourself and me too. So let's hear from you, the SheaSparksShow.com, because I'm Shea Sparks and I'm here to ignite the fire in you so that you are fired up when the next time we get together. (laughs) 